0: Right? Alright, hey, you may be seated. God, we thank you. <laughs> we thank you for being that kind of God. That kind of God who frees us from the bondage of sin. That kind of God who frees us and 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 heals us in every way, physically, emotionally, spiritually, God. Oh, and you are the God who empowers us with your Holy Spirit so that we have the power to say no to sin, all that nonsense, and yes to you in all things. Oh, so God, we're asking you this morning to move, move and change and transform and renew. In Jesus's life-giving name, we ask and pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you today at the end, if you want to experience all the life that God wants to give you. So get ready. Let the Spirit come upon us, let the Spirit convict us and draw us close. We are on this journey, this God story journey. And a couple of weeks ago, we made a couple faith statements. I like to say them, so we're going to. This is the God, and as we learned, God is the creator and originator of all. It all starts there with God. God, 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 God. God in the beginning, God at the end. God, God, God. Number two, God created us to live in right relationship with each other. Number three, God gave us the freedom. Choose whether we want to live God's way or not. As we learned last week, God gave these two people, Adam and Eve, this choice to live in, 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 in two ways. And he does it through this tree, these two choices, a tree that they can eat from, that they can live in. One is the tree of life. Uh, or they can live in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the choice, again, as I said last week, it's not a choice of being dumb or smart. Like, if I live in the tree of life, I'm a dumb person. If I live in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, then I'm a smart person. No. It's really, this choice is really answering the question of who ultimately is going to decide what's best for me. Put differently, it's all about wrestling with this um question of whether i am going to be lord of my life it, it's it's a question of whether i'm going to choose human autonomy and independence from god believing that i know what's best for me or whether i'm going to seek god first and trust that that god knows what's best believing that god knows what's best for me right tree tree of life living is all it really it really means that That God is Lord of my life. I want to live God's way. I want to live in God's kingdom, which always leads to life because God's all about us living in right relationship with each other, living for the best interest of each other, living in the tree of knowledge of good and evil means that I am, again, I am Lord of my life. I live my way. I live in my self-constructed kingdom, which always leads to death, death of relationship. Why? Because we have no unifying link. Like, God is not the foundation for our living. No, I am the foundation for my living. And at some point in time, my me is going to conflict with your me, and we're going to have issues, right? And so I think, I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, I'm just kind of cut to the chase. I think the, main, the, the, real, the reason why we have so many issues in our world, the problem in our world is, is that there are too many people living in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's why we have racism, that's why we have injustice. That's why we have the riots that we're experiencing. That's why there's broken marriages, broken families. That's why people cheat and lie. Are you with me this morning? That's why too many people are living in that tree. God invites us not to live in that tree. Unfortunately, too many, see, for me anyway, I guess it's a judgment call, too many Christians, self-proclaimed Christians, have fallen into this tree of knowledge kind of living. And it can come at us two ways. And I touched on it last week, but I want to get really more pointed this week. And this is how it can play out for us. The first way it can play out for us is that, and this is how we can live in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, as a quote, follower of Jesus, we're so afraid to speak God's truth and to stand firm on God's truth because we're afraid that we actually, we, we may lose a relationship with a son or a daughter or a friend, and so what we do is that we agree with their behavior or their thinking out of some warped view of God's love. Keep following here. Instead of accepting where they are in life, not not, not, not accepting what they're doing, but just accepting where they are in life, walking that path with them, still standing and speaking God's truth, so they know we're pointing them to the godly way and then trusting that God will do the changing. Instead, we're afraid because we may lose that relationship. Instead of just walking the path. And as we walk that path with them, as we accept where they are, even though we don't like it, we accept where they are. We, 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 we get on our hands and knees every day and we pray. We outlive, outlove the evil one's hate for our son or our daughter or our friend or our mom or our dad or our coworker by going to battle in prayer, asking God to move in their life. And, 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 we, and we pray this way, please, God, please Bind that spirit that is blinding their mind right now to your truth, to your way of living. And God, please, loose that spirit within them. My son's created, or my daughter's created in your image. They're, they're choosing the ungodly path. No, God, loose that spirit in them so that so they come back to you, so they, don't want, they want to follow you, open their eyes and their hearts to your truth, God. Please, God, put other believers in their life. That may be able to connect with them in ways that I can't for some strange reason right now in this season. And and may you use that person to point them in your direction, and then God, may this be the day that they choose you. Instead of doing that, when we're living in a tree of knowledge of good and evil, we cave and we compromise. Because again, we have this warped view that God's love trumps God's truth. We talked about last night, that's just a complete falsity. God's love does not trump God's truth because God's love is God's truth. God's truth sets us free. Are you guys following me this morning? All right, the other, the other way that we can, as a follower of Jesus, fall into this, and, and even when so, so deceptive, the other way that, that we can fall into this uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil living is when we become, I can say, hypercritical of people and even ways of doing things like we think we know, right? And so we be, we become hypercritical of people's missteps, sins, bad choices, ungodly behavior. And this is how it can happen in a community of faith. A couple walks in to our community of faith, and oh, hey, they look like a nice couple, and we start to talk to them, and and then we realize, you know, oh, I don't see any rings on their fingers, and they're. And we realize, and we learn that they're that they're living together, and we go, ooh, ew. And then someone else walks into our church, and we start having a conversation with this person, and then we learn that they're engaged in a homosexual lifestyle, and we go, ooh. Then there's a, another person that comes into our community faith, and and and, and she's, well, you, she's pregnant. You can see it. And so we ask the question, hey, hey, can you introduce us? We ask this question, hey, can you introduce us to your husband at some point in time? And she's like, I don't have a husband. And we go, ooh. And then we meet someone else and we interact with them and we find out, oh my goodness, they got an addiction. (whistles) Wow. Ooh. And we make them feel like they're about this big, right? We make them feel yucky, like they're unwanted. They're not valued. They're just something less than because we know, sorry for you. And we turn people off to this God who changes everything, the God that they need, the God who will move them out of whatever situation they're in to give them life. Are you, you guys follow me here because we become the judge of everything. And then we become critical of how church is going and all this kind of other nonsense because we become the judge of anything. If you've ever done any of that stuff, then you're living in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Just saying. But when we live in the tree of life, we have these characteristics about us. We have innocence about us. Oh, just innocence. It's beautiful. Freedom. Independence. When we live in the tree of life, we, we, we become like, as Jesus invites us to do, we become like little children. We have that kind of heart attitude. In fact, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, and I wish I would have smart enough to put the, the other verses, I want to talk about them, but I, I should have just read from them. But let me, so let me put this verse into context for you. In verse 1, the, the, the disciples, they ask Jesus, hey, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And, and he responds in, in verse three, probably not the way they were thinking. He never responds the way that they were thinking as, as they're being transformed. He said this, truly I tell you, he's talking again through his disciples. Uh, he's talking to us, okay? Unless you change and become like little children, you will never, whoa, that's absoluter. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What is Jesus saying here? He is telling us to come back to living a life of innocence and dependence. Like a little kid who's dependent on his or her parents. He's inviting us to come back to living a life of innocence and dependence on God. Seek God first and trust that God will take care of the rest, believing that God knows what's best for me. The problem can be that when we become, quote, mature in in Christ, is that the evil one wants to move us into this tree of knowledge of good and evil because now we got the knowledge. Now we know what is godly and ungodly. I'm going to judge you. I want to go into that mode. And the telltale of that, if we've gone into that, is this critical spirit. And again, we become critical of, of really everything. It's not constructive criticism. It's like, I know you don't. Side point here, a lot of rookie pastors, when they come out of seminary and stuff, they can fall into this trap. Because they just overwhelm. Oh my goodness, I've just my mind's been blown away and this is all good. And now I come to a church and I'm like, oh my goodness, they're doing it all wrong. <laughs> they're messed up. And I gotta, I gotta show them the right way to worship and la-da-da-da-da. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. Are, are, are you following me here? When we live in the tree of life, it's we're in a completely receiving mode. Because we're in a humble posture. <laughs> we know we can't make it through unless unless we're just receiving on a daily basis, God's Spirit. Come on, God's Spirit, continue you to do your work in me. Instead of a critiquing mode. I think this may be one of the. One of the reasons why Jesus says some interesting things that we're, going, that we're going to get into here. But I just want to make sure right off the bat that we understand that it's a humble posture that we're taking in life, to live in the tree of life, that we are being fed by God on a daily basis, that we, as Ashley read to us earlier in John 15, 5, that, that we are just attached to the vine that is Jesus Christ. When we're attached to that vine, the Holy Spirit enables us to stay attached when we turn and start following him, and then the Holy Spirit is the one that produces this fruit in us. As we're told in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, what is that fruit that we're talking about that? What is that tree of life living that we're talking about? It's love. And I know that word's used a lot out there in the world, but we are to reinterpret that It's a love of sacrifice for the sake of others, a love of action for the benefit of others, a love of forgiveness that lets go of all past wrongs. And you cannot live that love continuously without the Holy Spirit in you, okay? And it's all about joy and peace. And this message is not on the fruits of the Spirit, so we're not gonna get into each one. But I just wanna show you, hey, this is a tree of life living. This is what the Holy Spirit produces in us. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Don't you believe that that's a better way to live than anything the world has to offer? So I wanna give you the confidence when you leave here, each and every day, you are on mission, you are inviting people to come into God's kingdom, to, to, to embrace this tree of life living. Why? Because it is the best way to live. I want you to know that no one, can, no one out there, no, no ism, no person can, can offer a better way to live than God's way. And all you guys just say, come on, come follow me, come join in. Are you guys, are you guys with me? So how then do we live in this tree of knowledge, how do we live in this tree of life, and avoid the tree, whoa, I almost, even one almost got me. How do we live in the tree of life and not in the tree of knowledge of good and evil? It all begins, I think, with that repentance and the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts two thirty-eight, when when um, Peter is, is really challenging uh, People who came and, and realized that, holy smokes, we, I guess we participate in this crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and they're like, what do we do? And he's just pretty simple to them, and Acts chapter 2, verse 38, he says, repent. That is, that is okay, you're heading this way, you're going the ungodly way. Now, what? I thought I was a Jew. I thought I was, no, no, you're, you're living an ungodly way, and now I want you to live a, a godly way and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? So it's all about the Spirit and the Spirit enables us to to really live these these four attitudes, these, I call them four tree of life principles. So I'm gonna talk about four things. How How do we live in the tree of life and avoid the tree of knowledge of good and evil? And it all begins here by falling, falling, continuously falling in love with Jesus. Like, that's our number one goal. To just fall in love with Jesus continuously and let Jesus and the Spirit take it from there. Which isn't a hard thing to do, right? When we think about who Jesus is. I mean, isn't, isn't Jesus the one who, who has delivered us from sin and death? Jesus is, Jesus is the one who frees us from from that sin way of living. Jesus is the one who changes us. Jesus is the one who actually paid the price for our sins by dying on a cross for us so that we can have this life. Jesus is the one who has our best interest at heart. And Jesus is the one who has better plans for us than we could ever imagine on our own. Jesus is the one who sees more potential in us than we could ever see in ourselves. And so instead of learning to become more religious, this is not why we're on this journey, this God story journey. We just don't want to become more religious, and I think some even pastors have fallen into this trap. We just talk about good and evil. It's, not just, it's, just not, it's just not about that. We want you to know this God, this God's character. We want you to know that this is a relational God, right? So it's not just coming about, it's not about becoming more religious. Because when we do that, we go down bad paths. It's not about that. It's about understanding and then living the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And what is that gospel message of Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus Christ came to save, to rescue, to heal us, to restore us, to redeem us. Jesus came to give us new life. I'm talking about spiritual life here that lasts forever. Jesus came to give us new hope that God wins. Satan loses and has already lost. Do you want to be on the winning team or not and give us new meaning and new purpose in life? Are, are, you, guys, are you guys following me here? And so it's, it's about us and then us inviting other people to experience the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And to live in the power of the Holy Spirit who helps us say no to sin and yes to God in all things, it's not about gaining more knowledge. It's about God's work in us. And so our, or I say number one goal, or one of our number one goals must be falling in love with Jesus Continuously. Jesus makes this interesting statement in John chapter 14 verse 5. And it's this verse, and, 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 and when you look at different translations, people don't know really, really, really what to put this, this verse. Do, does it follow what has just been talked about, or does it begin what's going to be talked about? I almost look at it as like a standalone verse. It's just powerful. And Jesus says this in, in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, When I had uh, learned about this verse and read about this verse, even when I was taking my John class in seminary, I I just, I didn't understand it. And I didn't really understand what it really meant until I took this freedom class uh, about, I don't know, five, six years ago. Now I I can't remember uh, what it is. And and just so you know, hopefully in January, we're going to be able to offer freedom again, this freedom experience, 12-week study of how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit and then a Friday and Saturday experience. So be on the lookout for that. But in, it was in that class that, that, I, that I learned that, oh well, my goodness, I, I, I read this verse wrong. Because here's how I used to see this verse. I used to see this verse like this, Jesus saying this to me. Hey Dave, if you love me, prove it to me by doing what I command. Don't even tell me, Dave, that you love me until you show me by doing what I command. That's not what Jesus is saying here. When we, when we We live in the tree of life, we see it differently. And and, and my eyes were open to what what, what Jesus is really saying to me. He's saying, hey, Dave, if you love me, well, you'll do what I command. Dave, don't even worry about about knowing what I command right now. Don't even worry about that. Just love me, and then you'll naturally do what I command. You, You see the difference there. Do you see that? It's like putting the. As I was in this freedom class, I was like my eyes were open. Like it, 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 it's like putting our emphasis on the first part of that verse, the, this if you love me part, instead of putting the emphasis on on the on the last part, like then you'll do what I command part. Are you guys following me? Because if we do that, because if if we if we focus on the on the love, then then we're going to start to naturally be like and do like Jesus in every way and every day. We're going to reflect His love. And, and when we start living that. That, that godly way, we, we will start living out God's commands, which again are summarized in what way? Love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love others as ourselves. And then help others, great commission, help others do the same, which then changes what? It changes how we date. Got a bunch of college students sitting up in the, in the balcony. Why do I know that? Because I had lunch with them last week, right? I think they're all, I'm not even looking at them right now, but they know I'm, talk, they, they know I'm talking about them, right? <laughs> I can't help it. I can have a little fun now, right? Yeah. So we're not married, but oh boy, she looks good and he looks like a stud. Oh my goodness. But when we live in the tree of life, we actually, it changes our, our dating. So, we, so, so as a guy, we look at this woman that we're going to take out. Oh my goodness, she's a beautiful creation of God, and I wanna honor her, and I wanna respect her, and I, I, I wanna put her on that pedestal uh, uh, of the way that she is to be cared for, and, and, and I don't even know, I mean, I'm gonna go out with her on the first date, maybe I'll have a second one, but I don't even know if, if it's gonna be something or not, but I, I really feel drawn to her, because I, I don't know, she looks good, and, but I know that may not work out, so I don't wanna do anything to disrespect her, because at some point in time, she may be someone else's wife. And I want another guy whoever I may marry to treat that woman with the respect and honor that she deserves. Are you guys, are you following me? All right. It also changes how we parent. Because there's two ways we can parent. You want me to take my belt off now? Right, there's that, rule-based because you reflect me as your mom and dad out there. And so you will do what I tell you to do. Instead of understanding that, mm, man, my son and my daughter, they, they're a beautiful gift from God. And right now they're very frustrating, especially when they hit the teen years, <laughs> right? Ooh, God, I need your grace. I want them to feel comfortable making mistakes, just not life-changing ones, God, so that they can learn from them, right? So we can talk about them. I know there's consequences, decisions, so please give me that grace as I help teach them your way, right? So it's, it's different. It, it also, it's different how we even approach the word. Again, we're not trying to read the word to gain knowledge or say that we read it all in a year or three months or whatever it is, you know what I mean? We're really reading the word to know this God better, who this God is, so this God can continue to change us. It changes how we pray, it changes how we fast, and so we don't fast to try to get God to love us more. We fast so that, so that God can remove the, some of the world from us, so that we can love God more. You see, it's just a different perspective. Are are you you guys following me here? So again, how do we live in the tree of life and avoid the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Well, number one uno is by falling in love with Jesus and falling in love with him continuously. The second thing is by serving God from, from relationships instead of, or through relationships and not rules. So serving God is still important. Works are still important. Now the the hyper bogus, negative, unchristian teaching is is that uh, you don't have to do anything, just love Jesus. You don't even have to worry about being a good person because guess what, God loves you anyway and God loves wins. That's bad theology, eh, no. Christian education is still important. Character training and development is still important, but it only works when we come out of perspective of tree of life or it becomes legalism, rules-based religion that makes people go yuck. We talked about that last week. We become a bunch of religious prigs, P-R-I-G-S, that turns people off to this God that they need. You guys follow me? So the Old Testament is still important, guys. The Ten Commandments are still important. It just matters how we look at them. We can look at them from a tree of knowledge of good and evil perspective. Oh, it's just about don't. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Or we can look at it from a tree of life perspective. Oh my goodness, God is saying, hey, don't, don't spend time with those gods that, that don't take you down bad paths. God's like, come come, come, just hang with, just, just hang with me always and serve me always because I want to give you life. And we look at these 10 commandments as these beautiful instructions from God to teach us how to live in right relationship with God and with everyone else in the world, because God's all about living in right relationship. Are you following me here? It's all about, so, 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 so we serve, we do works, we read the old Testament, but it's all coming out of a love relationship and not a rules based religion. This may be one of the reasons why Jesus says this in, in Matthew chapter five, verse seventeen. Do not think, and this is in his sermon on the mount. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I to come get, get rid of the, the old testament. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. That is, Jesus came to put the tree of life in them. So we obey God not out of not out of duty. We talked about that last week, but out of delight, because we're just in love with this God. So how do we live in the tree of life and avoid the tree of knowledge of good and evil by following love, by following love with Jesus continuously. Number two, by serving God through relationships, not rules. And then number three, by responding to all sin, all sin with life. And I'm talking about our sin and other people's sin. So let me just talk about our sin. When we, when we mess up, when we trip, stumble and fall. I want you to remember this, it's very important. These are the words from Paul in Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And who are in Christ Jesus? Well, it's those who have repented, done the 180, and I'm all in. Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus dictates everything that I do. Uh, that's what Jesus is I'm all in. Are you following me? That's what it means to be in Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So when we muck it up, when we mess it up, when we trip, stumble, and fall from time to time, it's not, oh, I guess I blew it. I guess I lost my salvation somewhere. I can't find it. I guess... God doesn't love me anymore. I guess I'm going to hell. -uh. When we mess it up, I want you to remember who you are. You are a child of God. And when a child trips, stumbles, and falls, and hurts themselves, what do they do? They cry out, mommy, help me. Daddy, help me. You are a child of God. I am a child of God. So when I mess it up, when I trip, stumble, and fall, what do we do? Oh, Father, God, help me. Oh, and that God is right on, holding us. Touching our wounds, healing them, helping us take that next step when we don't think we can take it. God, I don't want, I just made some bad choices. I don't want to live here. No, please help me. God will respond to that request. Now, when it gets dicey and when we get on thin ice, is when this happens. We've made the bad choice. So we're going down the ungodly path. We, we, can, we, can, we can cry out to God, right? But when we start going down this ungodly path and then we you know, basically continue down that path and we, we move in, all in, on the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And now I'm Lord of my life or something else. Is the Lord of my life not God? Woohoo! hoo Because here's the deal. God followers spend eternity with God. Those who do not follow God do not spend eternity with God. So you may hear this language, this once saved, always saved stuff, or you know, can you lose your salvation and all, all this kind of theological stuff? I just want to make it simple for you. Either a God follower or you're not. And you can be a God follower and you can choose not to be a God follower. And go down that path. We see that in stories that we will get into. As we walk through the story of God, I'm just, I'm just encouraging you, when you mess it up, just cry out to God, God help me, and God will. Are you with me this morning? Because this is the God who gives new life and fresh starts. Second, third, fourth, millionth chances while we're still breathing. Now the harder thing to do is to respond to other people's sin without condemnation. Because it's easy to be a judge, right? And our response to other people's sin really reveals what tree that we're living in. Let me say that again. Our response to other people's sin reveals whether we're living in the tree of life or whether we're living in the tree of knowledge, knowledge of of, of good and evil. For example, you can have two people protesting at an abortion clinic operating out of two different trees. There can be one there that, man, I hate that doctor, and I hope he dies. And if I had a gun, I'd shoot him. And I wish I would have brought a bomb because I'm going to blow this place up. And then there's another person that's at that same clinic, and they're all driven by this love of the unborn. And so they're praying, oh, God, please change that doctor's heart. Let, Let that doctor see your way. Oh, that person that may be in there right now contemplating abortion, oh God, please, please speak in some miraculous way to change her heart, God, just to know that there's hope, that she's not alone, God. Please let her know that people are gonna come around her and love her. Oh God, please, I'm praying for that unborn child right now that you have created, God, please, are you seeing the difference? Two different ways to come at the same issue. You're sitting at your table as a parent. You get the call because now you're waiting. Your youth pastor has called you and said that I'm bringing your son or your daughter over and their boyfriend or girlfriend. And when you get that call, immediately in your mind you're thinking, oh my goodness, someone's pregnant. Let's just get that out there. And they come and they sit at your table and they tell you that, hey, your son or your daughter or whatever has crossed, crossed some lines sexually. And they say, no one's pregnant. And inside you're going, Whew, thank God. But you got some choices now to make here. Because there's one of two ways you can go tree of life or tree of knowledge of good and evil. You go tree of knowledge of good and evil, you make it all about you. How could you do that? You're giving his family a bad name. Do you know who I am? How do you think that makes me look? That is, we make it all about us as parents. And we may use some choice words that we can never take back that puts our son and a daughter in a very awkward spot of thinking they have no more value and they can't get out and they have no hope. And if you're a parent watching online or in here today, I'm gonna really strongly encourage you, please don't take the tree of knowledge of good and evil path when you're dealt with that kind of experience. Tree of life response is this. As you're sitting there listening, you're praying, God, please help me right now, because I have so many emotions, I don't even know how to express them right. But I know that my son and my daughter they're in a tough spot, and I wanna know why they've acted in this way. Is it because they sense some sort of rejection? Is it because they, they, they don't feel like they're loved, and so they're looking for love in all the wrong places? What is it, God? Help me know their hearts. Please use me as an instrument of your grace and mercy and truth, God. Help me parent in a godly way because we may have lost a little battle here, but I definitely don't want to lose the war here. I don't want our relationship to go completely sideways forever, God, so please give me your, your grace. And I know there's consequences, so let's talk about those consequences with a tone and with, a, with all these nonverbals that are going to be life-giving. Please help me to help them see that I still love them. And I'm for them even though we're still gonna walk a hard path here. Life lesson. Are you following me? See the two differences? And if you're a parent, I'm just gonna encourage you continuously to live out of and discipline out of the tree of life. Because when you discipline out of that tree, oh, it's more beautiful. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean there's not consequences. Doesn't mean things aren't taken away, but it's it's a more life-giving way. Everything in life can be put through this filter of tree of life response or tree of knowledge of good and evil response. And Jesus kind of brings us in the raw and the real in this situation in, in John. In John chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, this is what we're told. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them, And as he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Don't you always wonder where the guy is? I always want to know, where's the guy? They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. And so he stood up again and he said, all right, but let the one who has never, whoo, there's an absoluter, one who has never sinned throw the first stone. So these religious people, man, they want to stone this woman. And the law, the Jewish law says they, they have to, right? And Jesus is like, all right, well, let's go pick up our stones. Let's get them ready. And, and, and whoever has never sinned before You throw the first one, and then we'll all follow you. And this crowd is like standing there dumbfounded. He he stoops back down, verse 8, again, and he wrote in the dust. Now, this is when pastors try to be all cute and clever. You know, oh, maybe he wrote about their mistresses or whatever. It doesn't matter. If it was important for us to know, they would tell us, because the most important thing is what comes in this next verse. Verse 9 says this, when the accusers heard this, what did they hear? It's not what they saw, it's what they heard. What did they hear? Well, you go back to verse 7, this is what they heard. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. So when the accusers heard this, it's almost like Jesus is saying, hey, do you want this person to experience the same grace that you have experienced in life? Do you want this person to have the same opportunity to experience redemption like you've experienced? So when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Notice grace and truth. Jesus is like, I don't accuse you, but don't do that again. Grace and truth. Jesus is like, I don't condemn you, but come on. Stop sleeping around. It will destroy you. It's not the way, he can say this, that I created you, that God created you to live. There's a better way. Don't, don't sleep around anymore. Grace and truth, right? We still speak truth to our kids, to our family members, maybe to our parents. We do it with grace and truth. Are you guys are you guys, are you guys with me here? It's so important how we respond to sin. Ours. And others, tree of life or tree of knowledge of good and evil. So how do we live in the tree of life and avoid the tree of knowledge of good and evil? By, following, by falling in love with Jesus continuously. Number two, by serving God through relationships, not rules. Number three, by responding to all sin with life. And then lastly, almost done, guarding our hearts from going back. I don't know if you feel the same way. Again, I heard this in the Freedom. It was great. It was a great analogy. It's like sometimes it almost feels like there's this vine that, that, like, that between these two trees, like we swing from the tree of life, and then, oh my goodness, we're over in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then we swing back to the tree of life, and then we have a bad moment, and we swing back to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Guard our hearts so that we stay attached to the vine. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is our prayer, right? Well, who wants to go back there? And that caused me pain. I want to be here in the tree of life. How do we do that? Guarding our hearts, how do we do that? Well, it's by getting into God's word. It's these spiritual disciplines, and they're beautiful things. Letting God's word change us. It's praying, fasting, maybe getting to a small group where we have accountability people, right? It's, it's avoiding certain things that the spirit convicts. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't watch that. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't read that. Maybe I shouldn't have certain apps on my phone, right? It depends. Maybe I shouldn't even have the internet on my phone, right? I mean, you know what your weaknesses and temptations are, right? And parents, I want to say this to you. If you're watching online here, you can guard your kids' hearts. It's your responsibility. When, help me on this one. When do kids, when are kids allowed to drive in this state? Is it 16? I mean, like you can get your license at 16. I mean, you can start trip permit and all that stuff before, but 16, right? Why? Kind of a dumb rule, right? Why don't we let them drive at eight? You're 10, like why not? Can anybody help me on that one? Because I'm confused. Why is it 16? Oh my goodness, so we're in a state. You got to say this is an interesting state. I can't say it's a godly state. And they're saying that our kids aren't ready to drive. But we do this when they're eight and 10. Here you go. There's that phone, man. Go have fun with it. And we open their minds and their hearts to that whole wide world out there. And remember, they're innocent. They're dependent. They don't even understand that there's evil out there that wants to destroy them, rip their hearts out, make them not human, make them think less than until they may find themselves in a place where they just want to end it all. Are you following me here? So as parents, um, parents online everywhere else, I man, you have a responsibility to guard your kid's heart. So that may mean they still get a phone because I know there's a lot of moms, oh my goodness, I, don't, I want my kid to be saved so they can call me, la-da-da-da-da. Okay, great, but they don't have to have access to the internet. And you can ban a bunch of apps, that may take them bad bad paths. I'm learning about this one, ticky talk, whatever it is, talk tick, tick tok <laughs> Don't 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 what's that dance? I don't know, but it's oh my goodness. Your kid may not be ever ready for that. Some of that language on there? <whistles> and these 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 teens. I haven't seen it, because I actually had two female pastors on our team say, Dave, you don't even want to, we don't even want to show you this. You know, the, just gyrating, and I don't know, I mean, some, I don't know if I can do that, but hey, parents, guard your, boy, guard your kids' hearts. It's why God put them in your care. It's okay to say no. <laughs> you know what's best, because you're a godly parent, mom and dad. Are you guys with me this morning? So I want to end today by just, by presenting this choice with you. For you, to you. This is what God has presented to Adam and Eve. Will you choose life? Will you choose to live in the tree of life? This is what Moses says to the Israelites. This is what Moses says to us. Deuteronomy chapter 30 beginning of verse 19 I love it today that is today right now right here September 27 2020 I have given you the choice between life and death between blessings and curses now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you you make today on September 27 2020 Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by, what? Loving the Lord your God. And then that causes us to obey him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you obey, if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long this life that God has given to you. So what say you, people of Church on the Hill, do you choose life? I want to end with this. This is a life choice. This choice began with God, sending God's self in the person of Jesus Christ. This choice was Jesus willing to die so that he could give us life. And before you open it, I know some of you are open it already. That's okay. But then you better be ready. You better be Sure. Because here's what I'm asking you, I'm asking for complete honesty. If you are sitting there and you really say, "Yeah, Dave, I hear you, but I don't know if I really wanna be a God follower and I, just, I still wanna live in this tree of knowledge of good and evil and I still wanna live life my way, then what I want you to do with this today is I want you to take it with you. Don't take it today, take it with you. And sit it somewhere, maybe on a desk or your, I don't know, kitchen table or somewhere as a reminder that this choice is ever present in front of you, that God is out there. Called, come on, I created you. I love you. Please, no, 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 no. Don't do that. That's going to hurt you. Come on, come back to me. And then, if you choose life and you choose to want everything that God has for you, then take it. <laughs> Today, you're making that decision. You're saying, I'm all in. I want to be what God has for me. I want the life. I don't even understand it completely, but I want God's grace and God's love. Then join with me this morning and and open this up and take this. I know this is how we have to do it from a COVID perspective, but take this little wafer that represents Christ's body. And if you're at home, I hope you're getting your elements, your bread and your juice. Take this wafer and break it If you want to as a symbol, again, Christ's body being broken for you so that you can have life forever and it's good. Eat and remember. And then take this little cup of juice that represents Christ's blood that was shed for you, Brent. Brent. that was shed for you, Natasha. Because <laughs> you're a woman of God joy now. And God is using you, Natasha, in so many powerful ways to give hope to other people that think that I don't, I don't have any hope. Yes, you do through Christ, because God saved you and freed you, and you can't stop talking about that. Because Jesus Christ shed his blood for, for you, Natasha, and everyone else here. So. So take this, drink it, and remember the God who wants to give you life forever. Oh, my friends, will you stand with me as we sing this beautiful song that just reminds us of who this God is. And God, I'm just asking you to continue to do your work. Please heal and restore us. Please take us from death to life. In your mighty name, we pray.